systems are offline. E Radio Live, powered by TCS Wi Fi. Just after 3 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, 10 minutes past 3 in fact, it is time for Tech Thursday right here on E-Radio with uh, myself, Ion, and as always joined by Kane. Hello, Kane. Hey, Ion. Thanks so much for having me yet again for another fantastic Tech Thursday. I wonder what's a better word. Tremendous Tech Thursday. you got to get that. All the T's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you call it alliteration. It's an alliteration, but, you're right. But welcome to July. Yeah, it doesn't feel Six like Six months July. to go to Christmas. Ooh. Less. Yeah, I'm thinking more like three months to go till summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I, I, yeah, winter. Yeah, we we really had uh, winter had us in its grip here in the Western Cape. Yeah, if I walk Yo. around barefoot in my house, I start sliding around because my feet are frozen. Oh, yo, yo, and I can imagine. But listen, we have a, a lot to get through today. I think we'll just somewhat go right into our first story today, and then just cruise along. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that everybody is talking about is the new Poppy Act. Now the question is, who's Poppy? <laughs> and how do you contact <laughs> it Sounds like them? this chick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've I've actually come working as a as as a marketer over the years. You you be, you you know internationally you're required to do some form of due diligence when collecting customer information, and there is an appointed officer which is to do this due diligence. And we've seen you know it, it's actually a little bit out of hand in South Africa. You give your your number to one company. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're getting, you know, spam calls, totally. you're getting linked. spam messages. It is linked, man. I yeah. told you. People selling that information, you know, <laughs> people receiving these these spams or these the sales no. pitches and things ask, you know, where did you receive my information? And well, we heard when that there was going to be a new act coming into place, which restricted these people from, you know, collecting information and and saving and storing that information in such a way that it protects the person who is, in fact... Who has in fact provided that information, and uh, you know, it came out a few months ago that uh, this new act would come into place, and today is actually the official mm, day that mm. it that it takes effect. Mm. And I haven't received a spam call yet today. <laughs> I'm I eagerly waiting. <laughs> I, I also haven't because I put my phone on flight mode, flight mode nowadays when I go on air. But um, yeah, I mean that would really, I would really appreciate this poppy thing with the uh, robo callers because they're really, really getting to me now, eh? Yeah. Every day, I recently had a dealing with uh, Absa Bank. And since my dealing with Absa Bank, I've been getting calls, all kinds of offers, and all kinds of robots calling me every single day. Really, eh? Yes, yeah, so Those why? Those robots are the worst. Yeah, but why after my dealings with Absa? They must have sold my details. They must have. gave it to them. It something. couldn't have. Ju- it can't just be a coincidence. No, I mean, no, unless no. you were going around applying for loans left, right, nope. and centre. And it's it's not the first time, eh? Really? Yeah. Eh? No, there is definitely suspicious stuff going on there. I wonder how much a person would pay for a customer list of yeah, a million details, customers. Man. You know, that have. X amount in the account or more. So I hope this poppy chick's going to save us now. <laughs> going to lay down <laughs> some rules and regulations. I'll actually take you through some of the biggest changes, like what you need to know, especially as a business owner, you're running an online store yeah. or online news site, or even just as a regular customer generating leads, mm. you know, retargeting your, your customers and making sure that the people who are visiting your website have an ability to opt out yeah. of any kind of data collection. Acts and making sure that when you're providing information like your mobile number and stuff, it has to be clearly disclosed that this information is being captured. But here is some some looks at uh, at what's happening. So. Let's take a look here. Uh, when published, the draft guidelines required information officers to be registered with the information regulator by 31 March 2021. This is no longer the case. The information regulator has confirmed that the registration of information officers and deputy information officers is expected to commence on the 1st of May. And it all revolves around these information officers and deputy information officers. And it's one thing to say, you know, you're going to get in trouble if you sell your information, but who's held responsible? That's actually mm. one of the the most important things because someone has to be accountable yeah otherwise you can just you know misuse and and that sort of stuff so what is going to happen now is uh basically the appointment of duties 
of information officers, the designation and delegation of duties to deputy information officers, and the registration of information officers and deputy information officers within the information regulator. So who is an information officer? What is it? What do they do? So Poppy requires every responsible party, i.e. a public or private body that determines the purpose of and means of the processing of personal information to appoint and register an information officer with the information regulator. So basically, your company has to have an appointed information officer. And if there isn't an appointed information officer, the CEO is actually held accountable. Even with an appointed information officer and a deputy information officer, the CEO is still held accountable. Mm. Even if they misuse their power Um, so it really does lie in the hands of the business owner to make sure that they're compliant so information officers are by virtue of their positions appointed automatically in terms of the promote promotion of access to information act the information officers for purposes of poppy are the same information officers as referred to as in the paia in this regard information officer um, has to make okay so let's take a look here at what are the duties of an information officer so an information officer when appointed or if not appointed the ceo must create a compliance framework make sure it's developed implemented monitored and maintained Informa- the framework would basically be how information is collected what ability a person whose information is being collected what ability they have to get out of that um, position say you sign up to a newsletter you know, you have to be able to say whether you want to receive promotional information mm, mm. or not, that you have to comply to yeah. that. Even if you visit certain websites, if you visit a website and that website is using your browsing history to track you and things like that, they have to make it and ena- they have to enable you to be basically take yourself off of that of that tracking so that you can freely browse without your data being recorded and without that information being sent back to the business. You have to be able to do that. So there has to be infrastructure in place. Um, A personal information impact assessment must be done to ensure that adequate measures and standards exist in order to comply with the conditions of lawful processing of personal information. Um, A manual must be developed maintained and made available as prescribed in the terms of the PAIA. So your information officer is going to actually be doing quite a lot. They're making a manual. They're basically creating an impact assessment, which is like risk and liability kind of preparation. Um, And internal measures must be developed together with adequate systems to process requests for information. And internal awareness sessions must be conducted regarding the provisions of POPI, the regulators, codes of conduct, or any other information obtained by the information officer. Um, The CEO can appoint the information officer and any deputy information officer should report to the highest management office within the organization. This means that not only an employee at a level of um, only an employee at the level of management and above should ideally be considered for designation as a deputy information officer. So you're not going to come in and just work as an information officer. You have to be in some sort of recommended some sort of managerial role some sort of account uh, responsibility must be put on you in order for you to conduct this and the deputy information officer should be accessible have a reasonable understanding of the organization's operations and processes and should have a good understanding of poppy and paia in order to perform his or her duties the deputy information officer should be provided with sufficient time and adequate resources to devote matters concerning poppy and paia and to ensure a level of accountability organizations may want to consider including the deputy information officer's duties and responsibilities as part of his or her job description that's crazy eh yeah absolutely that's quite it's it's quite a process and they're obviously Mm. trying to make someone accountable you know be able to go to any business any organization and say hey you you who is your information officer who's collecting this information who's our liaison to speak to um and those those people actually have to register with um the regulator you have to be a registered with the regulator. So you can't just come in and work as a as a, as a uh, information officer within a business. You have mm. to be registered with the regulator. But you, you're taking a risk going into that job. Yeah, but why is it this big deal right now, all of a sudden? It's it's exactly the reason of personal privacy. Yeah, mm. the the fact that we see all these spam callers, and it's not just an annoyance factor as well. Yeah, you know, you are trusting a business to protect that information, and mm. then. It can really label you incorrectly. I mean, imagine you go for applying for a loan and now your information is sold to someone who's looking for a loan mm. and 
just so happens that five legitimate businesses reach out to you or contact you or send you spam and six bad businesses <laughs> that just want to rob you or Who get your account details <laughs> also contact you yeah got to protect against that okay okay well so it's a good thing all in all i think it's a very good thing it finally gives you the ability to say you know where did you get my number from how did you collect that number it's yeah. my right to know and then and what happens if they don't comply can they go to jail i'm not too sure i get a fine probably get a fine won't go to it, jail. It will probably be a fine directly to the CEO. I mean, look at what you can get away with in this country right now. <laughs> and just go to jail for 15 months. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. So you could serve three to five days. You yeah. know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, it's quite interesting. So I see also that uh, an article on my broadband uh, is saying they spoke to Werkman's attorneys. And uh, they say that uh, robocalls are also no longer allowed to call you without your consent. So if you didn't say yes somewhere, they're not allowed to call you. Really, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. That's really good. I just really hope that the robocalls are going to leave me alone now because... I literally had a call the other day. You answer. It's like, press one, press one, press one. <laughs> and then it goes into wholesale. You just end the call. Yeah, I it's terrible. Uh, I can't tell you how many numbers I've blocked in the past month. And uh, I keep blocking them, but they keep phoning from different numbers. I know. They, they keep changing their numbers. Sometimes it's just the last digit that they change just to get through. <laughs> How do they do this? They it must is have harassment, some subscription man. or something. Yeah, but it is harassment. Eh? It is. It, it is. really is harassment. Daily calling someone isn't pleasant. It is. I don't care if you're a robot. You're harassing me. And I'm not going to sign up. <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't want you. There's zero whatever. chance. Like, whatever you're offering, even if it's an amazing... I don't even trust an SMS that says I must pay money to this bank yep. account yep you know now i'm gonna go and make a payment via a mobile telecom agent for <laughs> my newest toaster it's not gonna happen you know yeah, i'm just rather have bread <laughs> uh but then also um yo it's interesting it's so interesting um but yeah if if you have any questions uh our listeners if you have any questions let us know about the poppy act we'll uh, try and answer it but i really hope that from today being the first of july we are going to have a bit more peace, especially me. Yeah, and tell us, our viewers must tell us if they're still receiving spam calls. Yeah, have you yeah. received one today or yeah. after midnight today or midnight last night? Did you have any spam calls <laughs> today on the 1st of July? Who knows? Maybe the and spam calls are over. Maybe we're going to look back in a week and be like, oh, wait, you know, I miss spam callers. <laughs> you know, I miss the robot. I feel lonely. <laughs> Ken, can you call me and pretend to be a robot? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to lose something. Yo, it's funny. But anyway, so that's Poppy in a nutshell. Uh, Poppy, in case you're wondering who the hell she is, it's actually a, a, an abbreviation for the Protection of Personal Information Act. And it is, it's only here in South Africa where it kicks in today, right? Yes, it's, it's not a global specifically thing. a South African thing. Okay, great. Okay. So that's Poppy in a nutshell. And then uh, moving on, I see uh, TikTok uh, received uh, or removed more than 7 million accounts of users Ooh. suspected being of under the age of 13 in the first three months of this year already. Wow. And they keep doing it now. The uh, Chinese-owned app, it's wildly popular with young smartphone users. I think I saw a child with a dummy the other day uh, doing a TikTok video. So even the babies have TikTok nowadays. I, th I think a traditional person would say it's so bad that they want to restrict young people from using TikTok. It's like saying, you know, what do you think the next 20 years is going to be like? You have to let your kid use technology because what's here now, imagine 20 years from now, you keep your kid away from technology. You don't let them use phones. You don't let them use computers. You don't let them use all of these tech. In 20 years, he's going to be severely disadvantaged. But yeah. in the same light, a person under the age of 13 using TikTok actually exposes themselves, if they're the core manager of that account, <sighs> to any potential comments and direct messages and stuff you shouldn't see at that, that age yeah you should be at least 26 for some of that stuff. yeah exactly but i mean it's so easy to sign up and pretend you're 18 you just fake your your birth date when you sign up right yeah and people it's, it's not the like they want to see your id of the viewers to report yeah what they see actually because it's very hard to tell how did they know okay they obviously looked at the videos to see that the children are underage they right? probably use some sort of see, reporting this, this child isn't 18 yeah <laughs> maybe like if you get a Above fifteen reports that you're under a you're an underage yeah. content creator, okay. then it will go into a secondary review, and okay. then you get banned. Fair enough. I feel like that might be something that is that happened. Um, what if I told you 
Jan, that the World Wide Web source code just sold. How much do you think it sold for? Ooh, billions, millions. No, billions. it's so it's not the source code of the World Wide Web. It's the it's a signed piece of source code from the creator of the World Wide Web. Okay, well that must be worth NFT. a lot. 77 million rand at auction. I'm the sure. auction started as a thousand dollars. It started at 15,000 rand and people bid via Sotheby's to yes. 77 million rand it was sold for. And all it is, it's a signed copy by the inventor Tim Bernies Lee, which sold for 5.4 million dollars um, via an NFT, a type of cryptocurrency asset which records ownership of digital items. I actually worked with the company a while back that did the same, what was doing similar things for books. You would basically buy a read token and that read token allowed you to read a book. Um, the NFT was created by the English scientist Bernie Berners-Lee in 2021 and represents ownership of various digital items from when he invented the World Wide Web in 1989. Um, to, uh, the web itself obviously wasn't sold, but half of the bidders that came were new to Sotheby's and uh, the NFT is considered valuable by some because the blockchain authenticates it's one of a, it's one of a kind and has officially been created or minted by Mer- Bernie's Lee himself. So it's something that's been actually given um, and, and created by the creator of the web himself. And then that went into auction and you're talking, you know, big money here. And how cool is that? I wish I could have, uh, I could have owned that. Imagine owning source code to the World Wide Web. Is it still cheaper than going to space with Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually double the price. So sure. you could either buy source code to the World Wide Web or go with Jeff twice to space. Okay, he's still going up, eh? Hasn't been. I don't know. Still, I think he's still going. I up. think he's going under if, rigorous if, I training. If they sold it. You think they sold that ticket? I wonder, hey. With such, that's definitely worth looking up, hey. Sure. Okay, can you just say hello to Susan? Hello, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> One of our viewers. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Welcome to the tech show. I'm sure they've been listening for quite a while. I really like it when people uh, send messages through the WhatsApp. Yeah, me too. I really like it. I think we should definitely encourage it more. Yeah. We sometimes get carried away and we forget about the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, actually. Well, in a, in a way. Anyway, did you know that uh, Netflix, uh, they now launched a, a mobile-only plan in South Africa? So you don't need to pay the minimum of 99 Rand to to get Netflix. That's the cheapest package. It is the cheapest 99 Rand? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, it doesn't include HD. So you're watching an you're watching an SD. <laughs> it's like watching SABC. <laughs> now nah, they're gonna come out with bit the of thi- snow. They're gonna come out with a 39 rand package. Sometimes it's intermittent, you know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> oh, but anyway, guess how much it is uh, for the Netflix mobile only plan in South Africa? It is 49 rand. Wow. Yeah. That's super cheap. That's pretty all right. And you do not need HD to watch on your phone. Yes, and then because sh- Showmax has got a, a mobile uh, plan, and that's thirty nine rand per month. That's a, that's nothing. How much is that per day? It's like a few cents a day. Thirty nine rand. How 30, much? Thirty nine rand for Showmax. So divide by thirty. Oh, it's one rand thirty a day. And then for the mobile plan on uh, Netflix, that would be one rand sixty three. Per day, that's cheap, man. You it's can't even buy a cigarette, a loose cigarette. Imagine having that, a million you? subscribers paying one rand a day. That just kind of puts <laughs> yeah. it into perspective yeah. how much they make. Can earn. Make lots of money, but from small amounts from a lot of people. That's that's a good idea. But anyway, so if you can't afford Netflix, I mean times are tough. If you can't afford the ninety nine rand per month, and you're tired of watching the SABC, do consider Netflix's forty nine rand mobile only plan in South Africa. I think uh, that's nice, but then it doesn't solve the problem. You still need internet to, <laughs> to be able to watch it. So your WAP is not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something interesting now that we're talking about users for Netflix and stuff. Did you know that Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram are going to hit 6.5 billion users by 2023? I'm pretty sure. That's, I mean, that's a considerable amount of people. That's active user base. Yeah. You know? 
That's a lot the of people. The entire globe's going to be on there soon. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of, you know, active, it's obvious that during lockdown, a lot more people went to social media. I think Facebook got about 300 million users, Instagram about 200 million users, YouTube a couple million users. But here's some interesting stuff about South Africa. Let's see what, uh, what are the most popular social media platforms in South Africa and specifically how many South Africans are using social media. Um, there was a recent study into it. Um, but it is quite interesting because 98.5% of people are accessing um, social networks via their mobile phones. Mm. Um, but obviously not every single person has a mobile phone. So the report examines the size penetration of popular social media platforms and instant messaging services such as WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook Messenger and TikTok. Detailing some of the findings um, from the latest report, the Worldwide Works MD, author Goldstuck, says the total number of active social media users in South Africa right now stands at, can you guess? Mm. Take a guess. 60 million South Africans. 60 million. South Africans, how many of them use social media? Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of poverty, eh? People who can't afford mm. uh, data, so they obviously don't have a so social media guess. profiles. Would it even be 50%? It's just less than 50%. 25 million South Africans use social media. There's a lot of people who aren't connected. eh? Yeah, in terms of percentage, that's 41% of the country's total population. Um, Our population currently stands at 58 million, uh, according to a 2019 uh, mid-year population figure index by Statistics SA. The change in number of active users is quite high, up to 3 million at the end of last year as compared to the end of 2019. There is strong growth and strong level of active usage, but the clue to why people are so active is the extent to which they are using their mobile phones. They basically have access to social media wherever they go, anytime. You know, that is a big contributor to why people might want to use social media. Um, So one thing they said is in terms of advertising, now this is where it gets important, especially for businesses. Like what's the use of 20, what does it mean to me and you if 25 million people use Facebook? Like we're not Mm. gonna get 25 million friends. It really comes Mm. down to the business advertising on these social media platforms to generate revenue. Of the 27 million users total, 25 million active, 23 million are able to be reached via advertising. Now that's a very big, that's a massive contributor, especially because you're, you might be selling something online. Now you're immediately evading all the people who are, who are under poverty yeah. and can't afford a mobile phone and don't mm. afford mobile data. And you're hitting 25 million people in South Africa with enough of a budget. You're hitting 23 million people in South Africa that you can sell a product to. Now, if you make one product that can sell to everybody, imagine selling that product to 23 million people. You're not, yeah. you're not going to be poor after that. Um, mm. But one of the popular uh, platforms outside of Facebook is another platform owned by Facebook, which is Instagram. Mm. It's a huge amount of increase in total user base. Um, but in South Africa, they've surpassed 10 million users. Instagram has 10 million South Africa users um, and that's up 4.7 million since the year before I wonder how many people on TikTok Um, in South Africa that's a very interesting question I don't think it would be a lot not in know. our country. It, it's quite considerable how many people are in South Africa. I always get surprised when I'm browsing TikTok videos. I found a South African specific video. Some mm. comedy about South Africa that mm. has like a million likes. You know, Yo. That kind of indicates that there's at least a million active users on, um, on TikTok. And it's a great place to start growing your social media following, especially if you're someone who's considering, you know, you might have um, an existing product that's created maybe you do a video with your friends or your friends doing a video or you do a radio show or you do a podcast or you're very active you're a vlogger you're traveling in south africa that's all opportunities for you to generate an influence and then people are going to pay you for that influence over mm. other people you can generate money you can turn it into a revenue stream not just about being popular um, which i think is quite um, is quite interesting hey oh, how cool is that very, very cool. I also want to ask you, okay, uh, Facebook, I mean, dealing with that amount of traffic on your network, yep. I mean, can you imagine, I, I mean, I've seen some statistics, I can't remember what it was now, but every second, a couple of thousand or whatever posts hit Facebook and they're all um, competing for a place in the newsfeed. Yeah. That's insane. How, 
How is it even possible? I can't even comprehend it. How is it even possible to process all that data and host it on servers and, you know, to share it instead of crashing? How, how, is, how can machinery possibly process all that information per second? Well, the real, the real factor there is, is in a thing we, we term in business a lot. We, we term it um, the scalability of technology. So if you're developing a new project or a new social media platform, it can be the greatest ever. You can have the most unique tools and fun editing stuff and all the stuff to make your life that much easier as a user of the social media platform. But the scalability of it has to be considered. Like if your program can run with 150, 300, 500, 1,000 users, what happens if it becomes a million 10 million mm, mm. 100 million users exactly can the service still process that mm. and facebook's had the opportunity to grow considerably but at a very consistent overdrawn pace they didn't just have a million users you know they started with a thousand so they just kept expanding it adding more adding more now they've got like a warehouse of servers i'm yeah. sure i had a little click moment the other day when i was thinking about it facebook you know if you're a user on facebook you're actually a product as for Facebook in terms of what you are as a person providing your information and providing your pictures and your videos and all of that, you're actually a product. For Facebook, you're a product. Each individual is actually Facebook's product. That's why if you have an issue on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn or any of these big platforms, you're not going to get customer service. You can't pick up the phone and have a chat with a support agent at Facebook. You can send maybe a support email, but it's going to be answered in three to five days yeah. or a week or three weeks. You might report someone and it never comes sufficient because yeah. there's so many users. You can't attend to them. That you don't have enough. You can't employ enough It's not people. humanly possible Crazy. to attend to all the requests and reports. And sometimes they like flag reports uh, unnecessarily, eh? Facebook had 2.2 billion active users Yo. during last year and this year. 2.2 billion active users. That's insane. That is unreal. You can't even comprehend that amount of data aggregation, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, it's not just people's feeds coming on and things like that coming into your feed. It's ads that are also getting funneled into that feed, mm -hmm. you know? It's uh, your friends, your best friend's post that gets into your feed and this business's post that gets into your feed. Like They're really aggregating a lot of data in order to provide the end product to you, which is a very interesting feed. And then you have something like TikTok. I mean, Facebook does focus on their feed, but TikTok is a great example of someone who's engineered an algorithm to have your feed ex be extremely addictive to watch. If you're an active TikTok user, I'm sure you've experienced that you go onto TikTok and it's difficult to actually pull away from it because it's so captivating. You know, mm, they have mm. they kind of have a very good idea of what you're interested in. Yeah. And video after video is interesting, interesting. And you get stuck in a loop and before you see it's the next year. The next year goes by ten years, who knows how long you're stuck with yeah. it, you know? You get you get caught up in, in, in these um in these loops. No, I think, I think it's I think it's super it's exciting and it's also scary at the same time because all of these users are using Facebook. Imagine how much information they know about. I mean, we can't see the information Facebook sees. They can see our um, health related pages getting more likes day on day. You know, is is tech related pages getting more likes day on day? They can see information that retain re pertains to behavior of of the human civilization basically i mean there's what eight billion people and you have 2.2 billion people using your network you have a pretty good idea of what makes people tick at that point mm. you know and that's what i think is you know quite fascinating um speaking of a lot of users we know facebook had 2.2 billion users but linkedin there's some uh, there's some stuff going around on some hacker forums where they're actually selling LinkedIn accounts, and there's a claim currently at the moment that uh, LinkedIn has apparently had a breach, which they deny, but of 700 million users, uh, which could apparently include you know the likes of. Um, names, email addresses, phone numbers, industry information. And it was a user on raid forums who put up the data for sale last week and it was spotted by the new site Privacy Sharks who contacted LinkedIn after verifying a 1 million record sample offered by the seller. So he says, I have 700 million LinkedIn users up for sale. Here's a million users 
on a data sheet to prove to you that I have these users. However, the company LinkedIn said this was not a LinkedIn data breach and our investigation has determined that no private LinkedIn member data was exposed. But you don't just generate a million random users. So there's definitely some scrutiny going on about the security of data. This is back to it again, you know, back to the Poppy Act and things like that. How secure is the data? Um, there was another hack actually, um, well, another data breach in South Africa uh, for an insurance company called QSure. I believe that's what they were called. Who? Uh, QSure. They basically offer sure insurance you. and um, stuff like that to to other insurance brokers. So they are quite a big player in South Africa's insurance industry. And they have also been hit by a data breach in which bank account numbers and other sensitive information was compromised by a third party. But the company would not say how many records were exposed to the beach, breach, etc., etc. But this happened on the 9th of June uh, when they became aware that it had been subject to a legal unauthorized access to its IT infrastructure, uh, which they tried to immediately isolate um, their IT network and shut down the systems. QSure is a registered financial service provider and one of the collection agencies that provides collection and premium handling services for the South African insurance industry. Don't pay insurance premiums. QSure might contact you. Make a claim on your insurance. QSure might handle it. Um, and they've actually had a, a recent breach. And they what they had to do is they had to basically go and contact all their affiliated partners and let them know, like, hey, look, we've been, you know, we've been breached. We're actually we we it's our responsibility to actually provide this information about being breached. Which takes me back to the whole um, the whole news article which we covered last week about AfriCrypt and their 51 billion rand runaway scam um where they ran away with a bunch of crypto mm. and uh, it's their responsibility to report any data breach or malicious activity or potential hack directly to regulators and authorities so that they can appropriately deal with the issue and they were an example of someone who did not deal with that breach appropriately and uh, they're sitting today with uh, you know with quite a lot of other people's money and being hunted left right and center it's definitely important to be able to protect your data and it's very hard to do so when so many people are you know hell bent on on getting your data something to consider you know when you're just signing up to random places trying to get a free trial or something that stuff could be breached what often happens is sometimes usernames and passwords can be breached and that information is publicly available you can go to a website called i think it's i have i been pawned yes um, and you can actually see what information is available they scrape all the recent data breaches and basically collect one big database so you would go put your email in and they'll tell you if your email has been breached on any particular service and if it has and you're a person who uses the same password across multiple accounts well now you've just given someone an opportunity to try those account credentials at different places so you really have to be careful about who you sign up with how secure they are where you're signing up and are you signing up with the same information as your banking details Oof, yeah. you know these and we do that because we worry that we're gonna forget those passwords <laughs> so we keep it the same all across the board <laughs> uh, much to our own you know downfall five out of six times you might be able to go to a wifi network and go one two three four five six seven eight yeah. nine and get in you know yeah for heaven's sakes it's like wearing like I said to you that meme about wearing that mesh ma- mask thinking the virus won't come in listen How's it going with Microsoft uh, Windows 11? Um, I'm hearing a lot of stories about uh, it. People saying that uh, they're having battling or they're battling to install it. Um, uh, lots of problems. I mean, it, I see there's a lot of minimum system require- requirements and people don't check beforehand. Yeah. They just, oh, cool. It's because when you're on Windows 10, it's a free upgrade. Yeah. So people just like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just update, you know. Let's just upgrade. And then they realize afterwards they don't have enough RAM in their computer. <laughs> and then the thing just bursts into flames because <laughs> your computer can't handle Windows 11. Yeah. I've, I've heard about that as well. And it's actually quite interesting because, you know, getting quite technical, Windows 11 includes a new feature update, which is to better secure your data on your mm. device. I saw and that. In know. order to secure the data on your device, it relies on a feature that can only be enabled in your motherboard or basically Ooh. in the pre-boot phase of your computer. And a lot of people were, you know, up in arms because they were they ran the PC health check to see if they were eligible to run Windows mm. 11 and they've got some 
300,000 Rand computer and it tells them, you know, your computer does not meet the minimum requirements to run oh Windows 11. But all it requires is some is some little bit of, uh, you know, investigatory work where you go into the, the back end of your PC and basically enable this feature. Um, and a lot of people don't know about it, mostly probably because it's a leaked, it's a leaked version of Windows, ah. has all the bugs in it and all of that sort of stuff. So I don't think it's super compatible with everything. But that is one of the main reasons that people are getting this your computer is not eligible to install Windows 7. It's because it, either the, your motherboard that you have is new enough to have that feature, but it's not enabled, or it's not new enough to have that feature and you can't install Windows. But that feature ensures that your PC is encrypted better, is more secure. Okay, so that's why it takes a lot more resources to, to run. In a way, yes. In a way, that is one of the reasons. But also, it's not a native feature enabled by Windows. So, mm. in Windows 11, when your hard drive and when your motherboard manufacturer print issues or pr- produces all of their motherboards, they're not enabling that feature by default. It's like, they, in their eyes, before Windows 11, it was a heavy user's feature that you would enable. If we're going to enable it, let the, the heavy-duty user be able to actually go and um, go and uh, and a- and activate that subsystem feature, and then be able to install Windows 11. So, firstly, let's look at it uh, because some people don't do their homework; they just upgrade. You know, you got to do your homework. <laughs> it's just a bit of googling. You know, first or second result popping up on Google, just read the article. People yeah. are lazy; they want to read. No, the biggest guys pay on the Twitter price. were doing it. You know, they yeah. were complaining and they were saying, "I have this." such a high-end pc this is ridiculous but yeah but you didn't do your homework you didn't look yeah do you know your specs because let's just uh, help them out maybe they don't want to read but maybe they want to listen um the amount of ram required has increased from two gigs how can you even run on two gigs (laughs) to four gigs so you need at least four you need to start at four and then your PC can more. only run Windows and nothing else on top of it. Yes, and that's <laughs> just, that's just cutting it really fine. Secondly, whilst uh, the clock speed of your CPU won't need to be any higher, it will now need to be what will need at least two cores and be 64-bit. 32-bit is no longer an option. Thank hmm. goodness. I didn't know that. The amount of times I've downloaded software that's yes. 32-bit for 64-bit. Yes, I'm exactly. Like, and you can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you waited long for the download as well. And then you can't even use the setup file. I've been there as well. Uh, thirdly, the amount of HDD space you will need. That's your hard drive space. So uh, at a minimum has increased from only 16 gigs to 64 gigs. They actually recommend uh, that you have at least... Uh, set aside at least 100 gigs on your hard drive if you're even thinking of upgrading or installing Windows 11. That's a big sell, mostly because, the, mm. you know, a, a, a 250 gig SSD. Now, most people are going to install their operating system on a solid state drive because it's much faster than a mechanical drive. And why not run the most integral part of your computer from the fastest piece of hardware? It's going to make mm. everything run better. That's why when you switch over from running your computer on a mechanical drive, such as those big fat ones that you usually see to a traditional, to a traditional solid state drive, you see a massive increase in performance um, now here's another interesting thing about an increase in performance if uh, if you only are able to purchase let's say because the going 250 gig ssd goes for about 700 800 rand sometimes even a thousand rand now you're basically allocating half of that just to windows which means you're probably going to need a solid state drive just for windows and then another solid state drive to do everything else maybe you have your games on it have your applications on it if you're a heavy user you know have your design software on it uh, video mm. editing software on it but it still costs you what if a hard drive of 250 gigs co- well, let's say a 120 gig hard drive costs you 800 bucks that means it costs 400 rand in 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 in, in equipment to run windows 11 doesn't seem like a lot but so it is really it worth hits. it then you have to ask the question so is it really worth it what is going into that 100 gigs is the most important question you know is it better system infrastructure or is it better looking infrastructure it looks better it, 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 so far you know all i've seen so far is heavy visual changes yes and but i like visual changes i like it when see, it looks that fancy. really gets me yeah but i promise you when you were trying to open up your web browser and it's sticking 
you're not going to care <laughs> no, how it looks. <laughs> I, I know I don't stand a chance, so I'm not even going to attempt to upgrade. I mean, there's even more. Fourthly, um, this is apparently a thing that catches people off guard, is you need to have um, a trusted platform module, a TPM chip. That's the one I was talking about. Is that about. what you were talking yeah. about? Is that what it's called? Okay. So you need that in your motherboard to to, to, to actually run it. And then finally, <laughs> you will apparently only be able to run Windows 11 on a screen that has at least 720p resolution. <laughs> how, how big is that? Well, guy, how does that look? Your traditional, com- your, you know, your traditional more square monitor is 480p. Which means if you have a very square monitor at home and it's quite old, it's probably not going to be able to run on it. 720p is half of 1080p, which is half of 2K, which is half of 4K. So 4K is currently the best quality, 8K if you're mad into tech. Um, 4K is high, high, high in kind of quality. It's what you see in, you know, in your cinemas and things like that. 2K is kind of half of 4K. It's the, it's the medium to high end kind of size. Then you have 1080p, which is your traditional HD TV. Uh, most TVs will probably be 1080p, anything under, you know, eight grand or whatever. Uh, especially anything over three years old is probably 1080p. Then below 1080p is 720p, and below that is 480p. So I mean, it's not too bad. If you go on YouTube, you can actually, you know, you can actually go and see those different, um, those different settings and get an idea for yourself. Uh, 480p is is alright looking, but it's no, you know, we we need to move with the time. So I believe I believe having a minimum screen real estate of 720p is going to be better. So you're saying I can't use that old uh, yellow screen that's in my garage. Unless you're using it as a soccer ball. <laughs> Man, those things were ugly. I, I can't believe we use those things. They really. start out white and end out yellow. Why Why did they get so yellow? Is that the plastic that they're made of? Or what, what's the, happening? I think the sun damages it. Okay, but think, sometimes they haven't been in the sun. But they look horrible yellow. Eh? It looks like dead grass. And remember that noise it, it used to make when you switch it off afterwards. If it got a bit, <laughs> or it got a bit heated at the end, you hear t- <laughs> yeah, and you remember the static? Sometimes there was yes, static always, on the front of the screen. Always, yeah. always. And also, we, we were living in this house and the roof was leaking and one day it was leaking <laughs> inside the screen and then the screen started steaming. <laughs> that is the worst feeling ever. We were, we were up in the Karoo and I, I went to one of the tumble dryers and I had turned on the tumble dryer <laughs> and it went like... It, it started turning and then it made like a little click sound and I thought, hmm, that's weird. Maybe it's just stuck. So I turned it off and turned it on and turned it off like four or five times. Next minute I see it smoking. No, why? Smoking. It was on fire. The no. lint had caught on fire. Oh, yes. Because the you lint clean gets it, caught in yeah. the motor. Yeah. And then the, obviously... You have I was, to clean it a lot. That's a, a cause of a lot of... I think a lot of like 90% of American house fires. I people don't terrified. clean those filters and then it catches fire. It really does. And people leave that on when you go to sleep, man. And, and then you have your house on fire. Yeah, and it burns, eh? Yeah. It was like hot along the edges. Yes, like. No, you don't want to but be. You in couldn't a use like that, that. Uh, tumble dry again, right? I, was it I gone? wouldn't even dare to. <laughs> when you see something burning inside of an enclosed system, you don't actually know what it looks like inside of there. You know, it could be the whole motor and the smell, fire. man. Oh yeah, electric fires, eh? <laughs> you feel worst. dizzy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the worst, man. Not healthy. <laughs> don't want your CRT monitor doing that. Yes, exactly. And then also, did you know uh, the SABC wants multi-choice to pay for its free-to-air channels? which DSTV is forced to carry on its platform. Uh, the SABC are so hard up for cash, it's not even funny. <laughs> they now say, hey, DSTV, you want us to be on your platform? Hey, you must pay. <laughs> you I must love how pay. They, they're trying to get money, basically, because we, we spoke on the, on, the ra- on the radio show quite a few times about all these different avenues that they've tried to take to get the TV licenses paid. And I was speaking to a friend of mine. They paid their TV license in February and they're still getting the same messages. Pay your TV license now or you will be, you know, your sheriff will visit your house. Pay your TV license now or you'll be fined up to 1,000 rand. You know, they're getting all these very aggressive, very assertive messages. And And then at the end, you get like a little offer as well. Pay now and get 40% discount. (laughs) Some scam. It really really tells me they're desperate. They're so hard up for cash. 
But anyway, I think multi-choice is, by law, they are supposed to carry the SABC channels because it's like free-to-air channels in the mm. country. So with the broadcasting law, it's saying, you know, you've got to carry these channels. But now they want money for it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I think eventually they'll just take them off the bouquets I, I mean realistically one person can aggregate what like a thousand rand with the TV license fees times a thousand rand by 60 million people maybe 30 million of them have bought a TV in their life you know that's quite a lot of money coming in to support what is an ex- exceptionally poor quality viewing experience let's no <laughs> jokes aside that's I mean, putting it lightly SABC does not win any any awards you know you've never seen the the editor-in-chief of sabc walk up at the oscars like thank you thank you <laughs> took a long time to get here you know many hours of work nope because they, they have a different one every day anyway so you don't even know who's going to go up if they want anything no they just uh, they just take the money and keep it to themselves and instead of putting it into tv productions and then you end up having a soapy like see on the lawn still running Way past its time, <laughs> Bold the way beautiful. past its expiry date, and 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 they kind of cut it down to to three times a week instead of five times a week, and that I says mean, a lot. Five episodes a week is a lot for such a show. yeah, but it's been going for twenty one years, so they're used to it. But I mean, yeah, it's, it costs money, and, and when when you cut down the soapy like that for only three episodes a week, then you know there's trouble. Eh? When I hear that Seven Delon theme song. It brings back memories. The old one. Yeah. With the violence. You know, I don't even remember how it's... But if you hear it, I'll I'll go, I'll be 95 and that'll come on and I'll be (laughs) like, Dad, I hate that song. Yes. (laughs) Lots of memories, eh? Lots of memories. I remember when I was young because it's it's younger than we are, but, uh, you know, when we... It started in 2000, yeah. Yeah, I was about, what, five or four, four years old when that started. Yeah. That's insane. Imagine being an actor... For 21 years on Seven Alarm. There is. There is one or two. Like, you can go watch previous she episodes started, and it's young, young. You, you literally grow up on camera. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, there is this one or two chicks. One chick? That's one chick. She's been there since day one. I mean, they've made buckets of money from that, yeah. surely. It's, it's, I th- also think for an actor, it's a nice comfort zone. Mm. It's nice because you know how hard it is uh, in the in, in entertainment industry to get roles and whatever. Especially yeah. if you've been in the soapy and then you get what they call typecast and people don't want to cast you in any other roles because everybody's seeing you as this one character and they will see you like that forever. Yeah, I watched, uh, I listened to a podcast by Denzel Washington, I think his mm-hmm. name is in, and he said that as a person going into the movie industry, the first three movies that you make will determine your future roles. That sure. kind of puts you in a box. So he had obviously declined a lot of movie roles in the early days of his, you know, of his come up. Mm. Um, and he is super popular, famous today. You know, it is really in the movie industry. I think it's quite cutthroat. You've got to think of it's not just about getting a job. You know, as a as a person in a traditional employment role, you get a job, you do the job and you do well in the job and that then you can get another job. But in the movie industry, you can do a video. The video does great, but it paints you in a poor light. Or it puts you in a position where you have to live by this role, almost. I mean, look at Tobey Maguire, for example. He, he will forever be... Spider-Man. Spider-Man, forever. yeah. And he hates exactly. it. He absolutely yeah, hates it. There's the thing that made you is going to break you. Exactly, like, yeah. because he can't get away from that. Everybody knows him as the guy from Spider-Man. Yeah, that was my first thought. When you mentioned that his yeah. name... That Everybody knows him for that. And so how, how can he play somebody else now? How can he go play in Suicide Squad? And know? and be be a believable character. Yeah. It's like, hey, where's, look at Spider-Man in this new movie. Yeah, when's he going to start web swinging? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but in the new Spider-Man 3, there's actually talk of bringing Tobey Maguire back. Tobey Maguire. Oh, that's nice. All three of the people that Might have acted well. in, um, in Spider-Man. Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and there's another guy. The, the middle guy. The guy... Oh, I can't remember his name. But all three of them might be in the newest Spider-Man, which I think would be quite a nice to yeah. bring. bring Toby, you can't escape it. You, you've you been mocked. Yeah, Just yeah. live it. Might as well mock it. <laughs> mock it for all it's worth. Did you know in Spider-Man 2, he actually tried to... Um, well, I, th- I don't know if it was Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3, but he went to the producers and he mm. said... I will not. I, I won't do any more. I won't do any more work unless you pay me more. Okay. Yeah. Well. And they turned around and said, "No, you're, oh, sure. you're done. 
it's over for oh you. Oh my now. word! And then he had to come back and like uh, you know. Yeah, you see, you don't know how on. that's gonna work because now after the success of the first movie, you're like, hey, I'm a big star now, so <laughs> pay me more. And then oh shit, that really backfired. <laughs> they on turn him. around and just cut you right. That now. really backfired on him. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's very interesting. Now it's almost four o'clock. Uh, in closing, how's your WhatsApp doing? I'm uh, still alive. Okay. There's no change for new listeners. Kane refuses to accept that little thingy, <laughs> that new whatever, and now he's. WhatsApp is slowly but surely self-destructing, but he says he says it's still working, eh? I've noticed that everything's working. You know, when you initially get a pop-up, your first inclination is just get rid of it. You know, push OK and get rid of it. Yeah, or swipe. Yeah. I've got to the point now where this pop-up will come on, and I'll automatic. I just automatically close it. And there's been evening your sleep. Mm. Yeah, there's been no change. Nothing. Everything's working. Everything's updating. Profiles work. People are getting your messages. Yeah. There's absolutely... You know what doesn't work? There is something that doesn't work. I'm a little bit suspect about it, to be honest. And that would be? I can't do group calls on WhatsApp web. I don't even know you... Oh. Like, if I, I have the WhatsApp app installed on my computer, I can't accept a group call. It doesn't come through. Only calls from person to person come through on WhatsApp web. So, mm. I don't know if that is a correlation mm. there. But when I looked at that, I was like... Is it the same WhatsApp account? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it could be. It could be. It could be that there's no infrastructure there, but we're talking about a company with, what, 2 billion active users. You don't have group WhatsApp calls. I mean, even mm. Signal has that. <laughs> Signal, I swear by, is terrible sometimes. Yeah. And they have group calls. And they have very cool group calls, actually. The way that Signal... I don't know if you've ever had a group call on Signal. I know. Traditionally, if I've you have I've never a had a group call in my life. Really? <laughs> yes. Damn. No. no. Well, traditionally, when you have a group call on WhatsApp someone will initiate the call everybody receives the call mm. and you can answer or not answer if you don't answer someone in the group call must re-add you to the call okay that's on whatsapp on signal you, when you're in a group and someone starts a call it just shows up like a message a call is active and you can go join that call at any stage it's a little bit different no one actually gets a receiving call you don't have to answer your phone you actually have to go into the group chat and join the call i found that i think that's but why don't cool. you just zoom man zoom zoom fatigue zoom. <laughs> Oh, have you got Zoom fatigue? Uh, what's the other one? Zoom and Microsoft Teams, so whatever. There's Marcus, There's Google Meet, Zoom. There's, there's actually a lot. There's Is anybody lot. still using Skype? Because throughout this whole lockdown, I haven't heard any stories of people saying, hey, I've, I've, I've just Skyped my boss. <laughs> It's all Zoom, man. Skype's all Zoom. old time, you know. So like, it's Skype it's very, kind of very going very out. Yeah, but oh. it's still used. I okay. still have people in our company and in our networks that happen to use it, and it's the worst. There's a the app looks completely different on mobile, completely different on tablet, completely really? different on desktop. Yo, you can still Skype Granny. You can don't confuse Granny with Zoom <laughs> and all the new stuff. Just to stay on on Skype for Granny, okay. <laughs> Kane, thank you as always, uh, and uh, until next week, eh? Yeah. Until next week, the 8th of uh, July. And also, happy 10 months to E-Radio today. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Two more months, and we're going to have a Musa party, I yo, tell you. Here we go. What's our end-of-year celebration? <laughs> yes, exactly. We're buying a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> not, if, not without a swimming pool. <laughs> Kane, as always, thank you so much. Uh, hope uh, you're going to enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. You too. And to all of our viewers, I hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. You mean our listeners? They our, can't our see listeners, us. Yeah. I can see you were on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so used to people watching you. <laughs> Until next week, uh, Kane, as always, thanks so much and take care. Bye bye.